Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week, we celebrate Tom's 40-pound weight loss milestone with 40s of our own, check in on a bizarre week for the tribe, look in on the still-going first round of the NBA playoffs, and help welcome America back to some of its best bars. Since we are celebrating, I'm here tonight with three of the best ever. Phil Denko is here. Hi, guys. Good to be here. Tommy, top radio voice, Burke is here. Hey, Gervs. How's it going, brother? And Chucky Rambaldo is back. Chuck, how are you? Good. How are you, Gervs? I'm good, buddy. So, fellas, malt liquor is a strong lager or ale in which sugar, corn, or other adjuncts are added to the malted barley to boost the total amount of fermentable sugars in the wort. This gives a boost to the final alcohol concentration without creating a heavier or sweeter taste, while also ensuring the taste is terrible. <laughs> Malt liquors are not heavily hopped, thus they are not very bitter. Also, they are not very good. If you are interested in learning more, check out 40ozmaltliquor.com for history, photos, and analysis of 40s. And I promise you, it exists. I did not make that up. So, fellas, what's everybody drinking tonight? Phil, what do you got? I've got uh, Old English, the old 800, and I can definitely taste some of those adjuncts as we speak. Chucky, what about you? I'm with Phil. I have an Old English 800. It was either that or Budweiser, which I figured would be a no-go for this, yeah. or uh, something out. ice. There was some some uh, Milwaukee's best, best ice. ice. I saw that too, yeah. yeah Almost so malt I, liquor, but not quite. Yeah. No, you made no, the right way too good. Yes. Tom. Are you aware that Pabst Brewing once produced an iced malt liquor called Iceman? What? I am not aware of that. And how the heck does that go out of business? That, that <laughs> I don't know, sounds man. outstanding. <laughs> and I, I assume you're not drinking an Iceman tonight. <laughs> no, I'm having a Magnum Premium. And uh, it, it even tells me it's cold when blue. So there's, there's a little thing here. Yep. And it shows me it's cold. So I've got a King Cobra premium malt liquor there wasn't an option for anything but the premium it's a glass bottle and it did not come with a cold sensor so i'm gonna have to judge for myself as this thing gets warm in about 20 minutes but while we're waiting for our 40s to warm up why don't we dive into our first segment and we'll do our tribe week cap it was a week that started well for the indians and then ended with double header mania they took three or four from the tigers earlier in the week before getting whacked by the blue jays on friday night because of weather, the game on Saturday was postponed, and that was made up today with a doubleheader, followed by a doubleheader tomorrow against the White Sox, all four games being played under high school rules, apparently. Doubleheader mania did not start well for the Indians today as they dropped the first game, but it ended in the most tribe walk-off you could get this season. They had a last-inning rally in the second game with no hits and managed to pull that one out and win it. They finished four and three for the week. They are currently 28 and 23 for the season, three and a half games behind the White Sox. Obviously, one of the biggest stories this week was some of the pitching issues. As you know, Logan Allen is still in the minors. Tristan McKenzie has been up and down. Zach Plesak is now injured. Heading into the week, Bieber had not been sharp in a month. A guy named Eli Morgan started a game and was described on Cleveland.com as a soft tossing fly ball pitcher which I think might be the worst possible description you could have for a major league pitcher. So, Tommy, on a scale of 1 
to St. Ides, whose former spokesmen include the entire Wu-Tang Clan. How gross is the starting pitching right now? I'll go with a like a two, right? Because the St. Ides thing with the Wu-Tang is really good, right? On the no, that's, scale. no, that's bad. No, that's bad. No, with Wu-Tang? St. Ides is terrible. The okay. fact that Wu-Tang was... The, but you was threw Wu-Tang the in there and it threw me off. See, that's the, that, that threw me off. No, it's, it's, about, it's about the malt liquor. One is good. Okay. Saint All Ives right, so I guess I'll broke. go. I'll, I guess I'll go like a nine. Uh, Beaver had a, uh, <laughs> a much better. Where does Saint Where does Saint Ives end up on that scale? There was no nine, but that's fine. <laughs> I thought you said one to ten. What one was to one Ives. to Saint Ives? It's one to Saint Ives. That's oh, the scale. Okay. All right, uh, go Saint Ives or a little below Saint Ives. Okay. Uh, why don't you just explain us what you think about the Indians yeah, pitching? Can I right just now? talk about the Indians pitching now? <laughs> yeah, I think you can. Um, you already I hope threw you me off. This malt liquor is really screwing me up, apparently. Bieber actually had a really good start this week. Yep. So that looked better. Uh, Savali has been solid. He had a little bit of a rough time today, but that wasn't even really his fault. No, that was a defense. Just pathetic. Plesak is a moron and needs to grow up. So that was uh, not a good good week for him. He's had his issues already in the past, but then, you know, then he has a horrible start and then injures himself. Tristan actually had a very nice start. So, you know, so hopefully he's starting to work some stuff out in the minors. You know, he gave us, you know, I think it was just five innings, but we, we, you know, we were thinking we were going to throw a a bullpen game anyways. And then they brought him up and and they said even before the game, he was going back down. So the the Morgan kid was awful. Um, Not really sure how he was next in line. God, I hope we have something better uh, in the minors. Is Tom being a little bit too harsh on our soft-throwing fly ball minor leaguer, considering that he had to pitch in like a hurricane? I don't know if he's being too harsh. I I think if he's a soft-throwing fly ball pitcher, hurricane or not, I I think we should probably keep him in the minors and and go for uh, go for some hard-throwing, uh, breaking, you know, off-speed, keep the guys guessing kind of guys. I don't know. I'll, I'll side with Burke on this, and I don't think he's being too harsh at all. Chucky, what do you think they should be doing with McKenzie at this point? Oh, I'm so unprepared. I couldn't even tell you that. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, I listen, know. I mean, he had he had a couple of really bad starts, and they sent him down. And then they had to bring him up this week because they needed a spot starter. Right. And he was lights out. I mean, Give he up one hit. hit. Yeah, one hit. one hit in five innings. He gave them everything that they needed in that game. I think he's coming back up for mm-hmm. one of the games tomorrow as well. Yep. Do we keep moving him up and down when we need him? Or do we do we just have to let him stick around with the big league club and just kind of work through the growing pains when he has those games and he's, his control isn't what it should be? I'm all for letting somebody stay up and work through it. We you do that with position players understand it's very different but they're in a weird stretch here right has there ever is there a stat department that could tell us if there's ever been back-to-back double headers that have happened after 1932 this is the first time it's happened for the Ind- indians since 2000 so it's actually oh, so it's not that actually uncommon. not, not yeah. that uncommon and they've never right. been and seven inning games though that's true right yeah. uh, i would like to see you need some younger guy to to stick so if he pitched really well, I, I would assume you give him another start. And if he does pretty well there, you just let him work his way through it. Let somebody, anybody solidify themselves as a four or five in this line on, in the in the rotation, just because with injuries and all that stuff. But when it's the strength of the team, it, it's tough, right? When you have that young dude, because you know you're not going to score six or seven runs every night. So 
uh, you need guys to step up, especially on the pitching staff. So I'd let them work through it. Are we concerned at all, maybe mostly based on today's game, that Ahmed Rosario is not the answer at shortstop? Uh, I've been concerned about that for, for a while. He's definitely not an answer in the outfield. I like his stick at times, but the stick is not good enough to actually, you know, stick around D- defensively. He's yeah. he's really a liability. He had that fly ball that dropped, and then he had a terrible throw on what should have been a routine double play that extended an inning. And right. although Savali gave up two pretty big time home runs today, yeah. but I-, I think the defensive errors, and especially by Rosario, even though none of those, neither of those were an error. They weren't scored. As I know, that's the crazy thing. Savali but... is actually giving up earned runs there, and he should not have been yeah. giving up earned yeah. runs. That's not that should not have been earned, but it's just you know nobody touched it. It lands, you know, yeah. and that's just kind of the way it is. But I think Savali got screwed there. But yeah, I mean, he gave up you know a couple of big hits, but I mean the Toronto lineup is a very good lineup. Yeah, and and we we obviously cannot play very well against the AL East. We don't match up well against them. We cannot take on those offenses. I mean, we've proven that. So Phil, what do you think about Ahmed Rosario on a tweener this afternoon, calling off the center fielder and then letting the ball drop right next to him because he lost it in the sun? So I I don't care what Ahmed Rosario says um, at any point. Running back on a looping fly ball, the center fielder has control of that. And I don't know, once you get to the big leagues, what happens with communication, what, you know, I, I get it. There's 162 of these games and these kind of things. And for lack of a better word, kind of laziness with the communication, I'm sure there is, but no infielder moving backwards on a fly ball has any, any say in it. If the center right. fielder is coming forward and sees everything in front of them and can, can then direct the traffic, either call it himself or call who's going to get it. Yeah. I mean that you can't call off an outfielder as an infielder ever. That was an ugly play. That was part of the circus. That was the defense in that first game today. That was, that was tough to watch. And I think it made the start harder for Savali, although he really, I think had pretty good stuff. Most of the game, Chucky, who had a good week for the tribe this week. I'm glad you came to me first because I was nervous that Phil might take the easy way out. No, no. Tommy's a wild card. and I like to go a different route every week. So I'm going to say Tito had a good week this week because he got his 700th win as the tribes manager. And he got to miss today to see one of his daughters get married. So I think he had a good week. It's a, it's a hell of an achievement to win 700 games with this team. I don't know how many games he's won overall. I'm sure it's a lot more than 700 before he got here, but man, uh, it's nice to have a really great manager. Uh, it is really young ball club. So, all right, Phil, how about you? Well, I was actually going to say Tito, believe yes. it or not, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, for, for, for those same reasons. I, I thought like, oh, that's not the obvious choice. Damn it. <laughs> um, so I'll go with the obvious choice. I, I think finally Eddie Rosario had the week we've been asking that dude to have all yeah. season. He hit like 365, I think. He had, he had seven RBIs throughout the week. He was finally producing in the middle of the lineup. So I think he had by far his best week of the season and a very good week regardless. Tommy, how about you? Yeah, my guy was Eddie also. He finally was taking some pitches, wasn't swinging at everything thrown up there. Um, and you know a guy is on when they start just taking the ball the other way, hitting it where it's at. And that's what he was yep. doing. Um, he was hitting some nice line drives to left field. And then when he got that nice inside fastball against Detroit, he drilled it into the seats, which was very nice to see. 
you know, they're moving him into that uh, middle of the lineup. Hopefully um, he can, you know, continue with that and, and, you know, behind Jose, because obviously we need something to protect them. Yeah. He had another hit today an, an opposite field laser that uh, the left fielder made an amazing running play on to rob him of what would have been an extra base hit, but he looks like he's swinging the bat really well uh, for what it's worth. I had Tito, I had Eddie Rosario, <laughs> I had Savali and I had Bieber because he had a really strong start in a situation where you need your number one, to win you a game, to come in when the team's a little bit shaky and be dominant was what we needed from him. And that was really good to see. All right, Phil, we'll start with you so you can take the easy way. Who had a bad week? I'm not going to pick one person. I'm going to, I'm going to call out the top of the lineup and that includes Cesar Hernandez and Ahmad Rosario. They combined for six hits in the week, hit 150. So last week we were talking about finally our one and two guys are, are producing yeah. And they just fell off a cliff this week. They looked awful. And that that doesn't even take into account the the boneheaded plays in the field <laughs> that, that were right. going on with our middle infielder. So, you know, hitting 150 for the week where finally we get some protection of Jose Ramirez behind him. It wouldn't wouldn't it be nice if we could get the top two guys to hit while the three and four yeah. guys are hitting? I mean, yeah. So I'm going to give the bad week to the top of the lineup. Yeah. Uh last week uh, my guy was Cesar. And this week my guy is Cesar again, except for the wrong reasons. He has batted 086 for the last seven games. That is not very not good. good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, for our fans who don't follow baseball. Yeah, for the people that don't know baseball, 086, not good. Yeah, that was uh, very disappointing because I thought he was actually starting to get it going. And and then to turn around and have a week like this, uh, it was just awful. <laughs> Hopefully he can get something going because, again, like Phil said, you know, you got to have something in front of Jose and those guys. You know, we got to get some guys on base. Um, and it's just, it's a rough, you can't rely a whole game on just Jose and Eddie. Yeah. Somebody at various parts of the order has to be able to hit. You just can't have the whole <laughs> order hitting a hundred. Yeah. Like it's just yes. never going to work. I've heard that somewhere. They, they yes. proved that wrong today though. They scored two runs with zero hits. That's true. The last That's true. Oh. That That's because Jimmy, Jimmy Chitwood secret. couldn't find the, uh, the plate. <laughs> Chucky, how about you? Who had a bad week? Uh, well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, after me and Phil uh, were blowing Olin Miller and his call up, <laughs> a guy who's hitting close to 450 in the minors fits right in in this lineup where he's hitting like 167 and has nine Ks and 24 at bats. So uh, oh, a guy I was I didn't super, know about the strikeouts. Yeah, a, a guy I was super excited about. I thought, man, a young dude can come and jumpstart, maybe get something going and has just shit the bed like everybody else in this lineup. So I'm going to say he had a bad week, but I'm going to take it easier because he's, you know, he's a young kid. I agree with all of those. I had Naylor who before today's game started was one for 16 for the week. He ended up had, especially I think the second game. Yeah, it was like three for three, right? Yeah, uh, he, cool. he had a really good day. And, and he had a couple hits in the first game too. So he had a really good game today. But before that, he had had a terrible week and he was another one of those guys. And maybe we're seeing a pattern here. We start getting excited about them. And <laughs> we talk about it on the show. Yeah. And then the next week they play terribly. So we got to be careful about that. I also had the defense just in general. There weren't a ton of errors this week, but a game like game one today where they're just not making plays that you have to make. And okay, great. You don't call it an error, but it's extending innings. It's giving extra outs. And this team just has so little margin of error, especially in like game one, the way they were hitting the defense was the defense was rotten. 
that's it for last week. Next week starts tomorrow with day two of doubleheader mania against the White Sox, and that'll start a four-game series against the Sox, and then the week closes out with three against the Orioles in Baltimore. Chucky, what are you looking forward to seeing this week? I think they're three and a half back. Is that what you said earlier? Yep. The Sox. So I'd like to see them take both games tomorrow, but I'm going to be a realist here and say, how about a split tomorrow? I don't think they've announced who's starting second game yet, at least last time I looked an hour and a half or two hours ago. I'm interested. Oh, is it? Well, I'm interested yeah. to see him pitch, right? Because he's a call-up, correct? Quantrill's no, who's a bullpen. bullpen guy. Oh, he's yeah. a bullpen guy. I'm sorry. I would like to see them split tomorrow. I don't know if Tito's back or not. I assume he has some jet lag if he's getting in real late tonight, so maybe he can get his 701st or second win tomorrow. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Tommy, how about you? I think it's ridiculous that you uh, miss any games for your daughter's wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, the guy is a joke, um, but I'll, you know, whatever. We'll, we can stick with him, I guess. I'm looking forward to seeing if Tristan can follow up his last start and uh, hopefully have a nice quality start again. Um, the White Sox have a nice lineup, so obviously if he can do well, uh, it means he's pitching well. You know, It's not just going against a bunch of scrubs. He's going against a good lineup. So let's hope he can give us another five, who knows, maybe six, something like that, and that'd be nice because we definitely need some help in our uh, rotation. And it, obviously – like we stated earlier, can we get some hits at the top of the lineup, please? Phil, how about you? Do we have, refresh my memory here, do we have four against the White Sox and then three against the Orioles? Yes. So I think... I think that's what I have written I, I down that's here. Because right, we have a doubleheader Monday. It makes sense, right? You yeah. Play and then Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, travel Thursday. Thursday. Right, yeah. right. We play four so, against the White Sox on Tuesday. And they're three <laughs> inning. They're, they're all Holy three shit. inning games. Yeah. <laughs> It's so well, hard to keep up wow. with these, like COVID rules in baseball, man. There's just so if many. We're, uh, if we're playing seven against the White Sox uh, before midweek, I, I think that might make or break this division. So I'm, I'm <laughs> recalibrate my answer. Um, no, if it's a four game series, at, at very least, you got to split two and two just so we don't lose any ground. Uh, we're going into it three and a half back. It'd be great to win three out of four and gain a game on them. But just to be realistic, you know, if we can split two and two and then and then take the series against Baltimore to end the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Phil. I'd like to see a split with the White Sox. Just don't lose too much ground against them this week. You know, keep some pressure on so that we keep that space at three games or four games or lower and not start getting into, you know, higher single digits or double digits game behind games behind them in the division and find some offense because the pitching has carried this team for the first two months of the year. And the pitching's a little bit shaky right now because of the injuries. And because some of these young guys are, you know, hitting rough patches. So offense start getting some hits. I'd like to see some run support for the pitching staff throughout the week. Moving on from the Indians, let's talk really quick about some Browns news. If you follow him on Instagram, you know that Miles Garrett dunked on a dude in a pickup game and it went viral. So, Tommy, pay attention. Scale of one to Colt 45, famous for pitch man <laughs> Billy Van. How sick do you feel watching these videos of Garrett dunking on people from fear of him getting hurt? Well, I've watched some of his workout videos, like his plyometric jumping, like basically eight feet straight up in the oh air God, yeah. and seeing him deadlift stuff. I assume he is like a thoroughbred horse and everything around him is an afterthought. Like the jockey is an afterthought on him. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that he did it. All right, Tommy, same scale. 
one to cold 45. How sick are you of seeing Garrett's shirtless workout posts on Instagram? Oh, I'm going to go with zero. I love those. Uh, those are the best. Um, I love seeing him shirtless uh, with his 28 pack. The guy is a freak. When he came out at the at the draft in that suit, yeah, I was, yeah, that was pretty that was sure it was going to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was going to end up being like the Hulk, and it was he was just going to tear through it and just destroy everybody there. I've watched some of those those videos of him working out. The guy literally is leaping in the air, like what? what yeah, like almost up to like his chest yes. or whatever, and yeah. jumping on. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. But he's um, playing against like these scrubs who are just basically in the way and he's dunking on them. And I don't want him to come down on some scrubs ankle because it looks cool on Instagram to do the dunk and blow his ankle out or something like that. And, right. you know, miss the season. No, I get. Uh, yeah, I get not wanting him getting hurt in the basketball game. But I think actually in those games, maybe the worst thing that happens to him is that his nuts uh, actually get hit. In, in some guy's chin while he's dunking. So I think we're going to be all right. Phil, please add some common sense to this discussion. Is it okay for our franchise player to be dunking on scrubs in the offseason before what might be the biggest season in Cleveland Browns football that any of us have seen in our lives? It's not okay. It's not. Thank you. It, it's not. It, Moving it's on. <laughs> that's all i needed to hear he man. found somebody to agree with him now no, that's all it's i a, needed <laughs> i understand what he's doing and 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 it's commonplace in nfl off-season conditioning routines for these guys to play hoops like the, to stay in shape i think it's a terrible idea there's so many other ways for these guys to stay in shape given what their job is where you don't have the variable of some scrub like me taking you out as you leave the ground and you end up tearing up your knee and your season, your season's over, your career changes. It's just not worth the risk. I, I don't need to ever see miles Garrett dunk another basketball. I get it. He can dunk great. He's a yeah. freak of nature, amazing athlete, probably one of the best athletes to ever play in our wonderful city. But how about we keep you on the field and getting after quarterbacks? That's what we want. Going forward, I would like to see Miles Garrett post Instagram videos of him playing pig against somebody, and that's about it. And I'd like him to keep his shirt on. I mean, frankly, I, I feel like the guy must have some pretty big self-esteem issues if he's always got to be posting all these shirtless workout pics. We're all just trying to get by, Miles. Quit showing off. It's yeah. cool. Just arm it. wrestle, man. Just arm wrestle the rest of the offseason. Arm wrestle dudes. Oh, I don't think I want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see him arm wrestling either. Uh, he'll be fine. over the top, Phil. Yeah. Didn't somebody <laughs> blow off it? Break their yeah. arm and over yeah. the top. Blows out a <laughs> bicep or something. All Isn't right, it? fellas. I think that's about enough Cleveland sports for the night. Why don't we go ahead and take our first brace? 40s the 40s are already yeah. working yes. why don't we go ahead and take our first break and then we'll head out on the road unprofessional and unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor whether newlyweds or celebrating a golden anniversary any married couple can use help translating the nonsense that sometimes comes out of their spouse's mouth sharper image is here to solve that problem with the spouse translator hey do you know where that tool is? The one that sort of looks like a big green bean with fingers coming out of each end? Or, what's that movie? The one with the actor that sort of looks like Martin Sheen? Without the spouse translator, there is no chance of responding quickly or accurately. But with the spouse translator, 
you know that she's asking you for the hex key set and about the movie The American President starring Michael Douglas. The spouse translator works regardless of gender. Hey, where is that thing? You know, looks like a metal stick with a rubber shovel on the end. Or remember that time in Vegas with the big cake and all our friends? Without the spouse translator, you would be hopelessly confused by this nonsense. With the spouse translator, you know he needs a spatula and a quick reminder that the time in Vegas was your wedding. The spouse translator can help you with some of your spouse's toughest questions. Hey, what's that song? The one that goes, mud on the scarecrow, blood on the fire. Blood on the fire does not make a lot of sense lyrically or physically. The spouse translator will let you know she means rain on the scarecrow, blood on the plow from Rain on the Scarecrow by John Mellencamp. The spouse translator can even help navigate the most difficult question of all. Where should we go for dinner tonight? I don't care. You pick. With the spouse translator, you will know she means pick something other than the bar with terrible food, poor service, but 100 TVs for watching sports. Communication is a key to a happy marriage, so stop guessing about what your hubby means and start figuring it out with the spouse translator. Welcome back, fellas, for segment two. We'll head out on the road. And I know from talking to you guys before the show started that none of you watched your agreed upon two fourth quarters of NBA basketball this week. So let me give you a quick rundown of what was going on while you were not living up to your obligations to the show. On Tuesday night, the Clippers and the Mavs played a game where the Clippers were winning 73-71 at the half. And then lost because, frankly, Luka Doncic is just too much and the Kawhi-Paul George pairing is not going to live up to the hype. Wednesday night, the Knicks rallied to win their first playoff game in 100 years. And if you saw any of the photos, it looked like the city of New York thought they won the Super Bowl that night because the place went crazy. Thursday night, the Lakers made their move. They went up 2-1. LeBron looked really good, but it helped that two of the Suns got thrown out during the fourth quarter. On Friday, Jason Tatum scored 50 to keep hope alive in Boston. On Saturday, down 3-0, the Heat showed a lot of heart and a lot of pride in Game 4, losing by only 17 <laughs> instead of 20 to Milwaukee. Sunday, the Suns made their move, tying that series at 2-2 when AD went down during the third quarter. So that's a quick recap of what happened in the NBA, and I'd like to now play a new game going conference to conference. We're going to go done, probably done, or still up for grabs. So we'll start in the Eastern Conference. We know that the Milwaukee-Miami series is done. 76ers versus the Bullets. It's 3-0 right now, 76ers. Phil, done, probably done, still up for grabs. Done. Tom. Done. Chuck. Absolutely done. All right. I agree. That one's done. 76ers are going to move on. Another series in the Eastern Conference, New York Knicks versus Atlanta. Atlanta went up 3-1 by winning today. Chucky, done? Probably done. Up for grabs. Probably done, but I hope it's up for grabs. You mentioned it like City of New York celebrating like it was the Super Bowl, and I really liked watching that. Like when the Knicks are good, it feels better. Basketball's in the fun, right? Yeah, yeah. It feels better. They have a rabid fan base that it almost likens to the Brown fan base. Like they're sick for their team. They've been shit for years, but when they show a glimmer of hope, 
everybody throws a party and spike lee again is sitting courtside not that he had left but at least the camera's on him again so i i, I think that thing's probably done but uh i'd much rather see the knicks move on tommy how about you done probably done still up for grabs uh it's done the one thing i did see this week is that uh was it john randall who is uh hall of famer in the nfl no you mean julius randall yeah, julius John randall. randall is a hall of famer in the NFL. <laughs> yes and actually the knicks hope you know wish they had him right now because julius randall has actually been awful he uh he got most improved player this year got that award and then has done nothing in this series this series is over trey young's taking over bill done probably done still up for grabs i'm gonna go with probably done i i think i think the knicks they should be the better team here. So maybe they crawl back into this series. I don't know, but I'm going to go with probably done. I, my favorite part of this series is, is Obi Toppin's mom was in the stands with a Dayton Flyers jersey on rather all than right. a Knicks jersey. I thought that was awesome. Like, all right, here we go. But probably done. I think it's probably done, although I don't think the Atlanta Hawks are that great a team. I just don't think the Knicks are playing up to the standard that they set during the regular season. And I think Tommy's right. I think that Julius Randall just disappearing in this series is killing them. And the other thing is, is they've got to go back to Atlanta for the next game. So they're doing two, two, one, one, one for the series. And I don't, I just don't see the Knicks winning that one in Atlanta. And it's too bad because I was pretty excited to see the Knicks in the playoffs again and doing well, Brooklyn, Boston, it's two, one Brooklyn, and as we're recording, there are it's about a minute left in the game. Brooklyn is up 140 to 125 on a defense in Boston. So, Tom, Brooklyn, Boston, done, probably done, up for grabs. Yeah, that's done. Boston needed to get that uh, game at home tonight. Not only to lose, but then give up 140 points on your home court. Was anybody guarding anyone? This is is this an all star game? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Phil, done, probably done, up for grabs. It, it's done. I don't understand. I used to look forward to the NBA playoffs because the teams would start playing defense. Apparently, that has also stopped now in the NBA. But this series is done. It's Brooklyn's. Chucky, it's done. I think they're playing better defense in the West, though, Phil. So maybe yeah, watch some. That's true. Yeah, maybe watch some West games. <laughs> I think it's done, and I don't know that it, it's a matter of Boston playing bad defense. The Nets are just playing the way you think the team with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden should play. I think between the three of them, they had 60 points in the first half or something like that. I mean, it's just absurd uh, when they get run. And I just think the Boston, um, with some injuries, just couldn't match up in this series, and it was probably done a while ago. Moving to the Western Conference, Utah and Memphis – it's 2-1 Utah right now. Chucky, done? Probably done? Up for grabs. I think it I might be premature, but I think it's probably done. Though Memphis is a really exciting young team. Utah is pretty solid, so I'm going to say probably done. Tommy? Uh, does Utah still have Carlos Boozer? No. Yes. Possibly. <laughs> okay. Probably done. I, I don't know anything about either one of these teams. Uh, they're both boring, and they're not going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Wow. laughs> so actually both so pretty so exciting. Yeah, they're not boring at all. 
Burke, Burke just picked both teams to lose. That's right. amazing. That's a first. Yes. Uh, it's actually it's going to end in a tie, and neither one of them are going to move For on. the record, I think Burke was the first one to finish his 40 tonight, so maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> that Phil, is true. About, Phil, how about you? Done, probably done, up for grabs. I, I'm going to say probably done. I think Utah is um, – the much better team top to bottom. And in fact, they're the opposite of what the NBA is currently. They, they have really good players like one through seven. Uh, they don't have a big three or a big two. Um, so they're, they're the better team. I, I love watching John Morant play, but I think Memphis is going to lose to Utah in this series. I'm going to say done because I think Memphis is a lot of fun to watch play, but I just don't think they can match up. I think Utah is just clearly the better team. It may go like six games or something like that. Maybe Memphis steals another win somewhere, but I don't see it. I think Utah is moving on. Next one, Clippers and the Mavs. 2-1 Mavs right now. Tommy, done? Probably done? Up for grabs. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going Mavs. Um, not, not, not done, but probably done. Doncic is obviously a, a great player, and they they they, they just have a, a good a good cast on that team. I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to move on. Chucky, how about you? I'm going to say up for grabs, even with um, <clears throat> them being up to one. The Clippers should be built for a deep run, but I, I guess you know Kawhi Leonard's going to play really well. But Paul George is always the wild card in the playoffs. It seems like I still think they come back and win this series. I, I don't know how much depth uh, besides Luca and. Chris shot Porzingis in uh, one of the other, is the other Curry on the Mavericks? I don't know. Probably not. He used to be. Uh, I, I still think that the Clippers are a much better team. So I'm going to say up for grabs because while I, I agree with Chuck, the Clippers should win the series. They're doing Clipper things is what they're doing. Uh, yeah. And they're, they're losing to the Mavericks. Um, the Mavericks, they're, they're a good team, but the Clippers are the favorite to win the series and they can't get out of their own way. So I'm going to, I'm going to say right now it's up for grabs. I'm going to go probably done, and I'm going to lean toward the Mavs because I think Luka is turning into one of those players that is just transcends the game. The, the shots that he makes and the way that he plays, it's just incredible. He, he dominates a game the way LeBron does, where he just controls it the entire time. He can hit a shot whenever he needs to. He can create whatever he needs to for other people. I'm actually surprised that the Clippers got a win. Um, and I actually watched some of the game that the Clippers won, unlike you guys who don't care. <laughs> I have watched some your bullshit, man. I've watched like <laughs> I four games watched this basketball. week. <laughs> you're, just, you're just talking some shit, man. Four games I watched this week. I have watched, um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's probably done, and I think the Mavs are going to win that series, man. I think Luka is playing at that level right now, and I just don't <clears> think this Kawhi Paul George thing has worked. Uh, okay, next series, Denver versus Portland, 2-2 right now. Phil, done, probably done, up for grabs. Well, it's 2-2, so this one's up for grabs. I, I think um, I want Portland to win this series. Uh, Damian Lillard is just an amazing basketball player to watch play. Neither team has like a full complement of of players, right? That's the problem. And, and so they're even in the series, and it's obviously up for grabs. Tom? Yeah, I'll say up for grabs, um, but I'm going to go with uh, D. Lillard. He's a stud. I mean, the guy can put up 60 points on a given night and will his uh, team to win. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the uh, the superstar. Chuck? I'm with them. It's up for grabs, <clears throat> but I'm leaning that way. I would like to see Portland move on. I'm going to say up for grabs, too. I think I honestly don't know which of these teams wins this. I think this is the 
series in the Western Conference in the first round that definitely goes to seven games. I think this is the one to watch that's going to go the distance. Um, and I honestly can't tell you because I think they're pretty evenly matched teams right now up for grabs. Last one, Suns-Lakers. 2-2 as of this afternoon when the Suns won their game. Phil, done? Probably done? Up for grabs. Davis got hurt today, so I think it really hinges on what comes of that. Is this an injury where he can play through, or is he going to miss a game or two? Uh, we mentioned last week, I think, in the pod that really the most important thing in the series is LeBron and, and AD being healthy. And if they're healthy, they take the series. If one or both of those guys are injured and can't play, you give the Suns a chance in it, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with probably done. I think the Lakers win this series, but who knows what comes of the uh, Davis injury. Chucky? Up for grabs, Davis injured or not. Uh, the Suns are a really good basketball team. If you've watched them, they're exciting to play. And if Chris Paul goes, the Suns go. It's nice to have an older dude running that team, it seems like. Uh, I like that this series is a little chippy because I've actually watched some of these games uh, with some hard fouling and LeBron James being a punk. And I still love that dude forever. But like him and Jay Crowder, like it's ever going to happen. Like they're going to fight or something. Get fucking yeah. real. Uh, I, I think it's up for grabs. Um, I, it's weird to say this. I'd like to see the Suns move on, not because yeah. I hate LeBron or any of that stuff. They're a young, exciting team, and they play really well together. So uh, up for grabs. Tommy. Uh, I do hate LeBron now, um, but actually. Um, <laughs> what? A lot of why? Hatred. Man, why? How could you hate LeBron? Yeah. Oh, I have plenty of reasons, but I'm not going to get into them. I'm going to go with uh, a Phoenix. Uh, let's see. So the, I guess the question, uh, I'm going to say it's uh, still up for grabs, but the Davis injury did not look good, and this is based on. Uh, four seconds of watching Sports Center. Um, <laughs> didn't look good. All you need, man. All you need. Way to come prepared. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, they got, obviously, you know, Booker's a great player. Um, they got some solid talent on Phoenix. And I think if if Davis is hindered at all, as good as LeBron is, I still think that they can they can go ahead and take over this series. I think this one is done but for the AD injury because I think the Lakers were – when they went up 2-1, I think they were on their way. And in the first half of this game, when AD was playing, they looked fine. There was no doubt in my mind they were winning the game today until he got hurt. So if he's going to miss games, the Lakers are in trouble, and it's probably at that point up for grabs. But if he's healthy and can come back and keep playing, I think the Lakers are running away with this thing. Him and LeBron together are just too good. There you go, fellas. That's all you need to do to talk about the NBA tonight. Thanks for sticking with me for a little bit and going through all those, and we'll catch up with the NBA playoffs again next week. I think the second round will have started by the time we record again. But let's talk a little bit of golf before we move on to our final segment. And this is right up our alley because there is a feud right now between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka in golf. This started a couple of years ago in the most golf way possible when Kepka complained that DeChambeau plays too slow, which everybody who plays golf knows is like a sin. Like, you just ruin the day for everybody if the group in front of you is playing slow. Uh, it got reinvigorated this week because Kepka rolled his eyes and kind of MF'd DeChambeau after DeChambeau walked through an interview. Then they went back and forth on Twitter about it for a little bit. Anyway, Phil, scale of one to Old English 800 which, by the way, is a four-time winner of a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival. What? <laughs> that can't Shit. be right. This was delicious. It, it was is. on Wikipedia, so it must be true. Oh, it's well, got to be true. 
scale of one to old English 800, how likely are you to get a headache from following two nerds argue like this on Twitter? <laughs> I'm not going to follow them on Twitter, but if I did one to old English, I'll give it an old English. Like I would definitely get a headache following these guys argue on Twitter. I want to see them argue in real life. Like I, I, we need to put these guys head to head in something. I don't, I don't know, whatever it is. One of these, one of these match plays or whatever, um, or pair them up. That would be even better. <laughs> I'd watch that shit. Good news. They're both going to qualify for the Ryder cup in September nice. and be on the same team together. So Tom, yeah. what do you want to see more? DeChambeau and Kepka play together in the Ryder cup or end up playing against each other in the final group on a Sunday. Oh, easily. I would much rather them pair up on a Sunday and go head to head. That would be outstanding. The two of them keep going back and forth, uh, like you said, on Twitter and stuff like that. And DeChambeau's sending stuff saying that he's building, uh, what was it, uh, rentals in his head, you know, for free or whatever, whatever yeah. it was that he said, uh, you know, whatever. But they, uh, like, not good shit talking. No, like, like not no, good it's not, it's not, not, not good. good. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's not even really great golf shit talking. No. It's just like, come on. It's like a physicist and, uh, you know, I got, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> and a meathead a, and a meathead <laughs> just like going back and forth. Yeah. It's just dumb. Basically uh, you and me, right, Tom? Sure. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat interesting for golf, but it's really not that interesting <laughs> overall. I think Phil and Tiger probably were more interesting going you know, somewhat back and forth, although there sure. wasn't a whole lot, but it was definitely better than this. Is there a sports feud that you want to see less than one between two golfers? It's a loaded question because I hate DeChambeau. <laughs> <laughs> Every fiber of my being. <laughs> I have hated him since the first time I laid eyes on him on the trip last year. I reinforced my hatred for him. I love what happened in that interview that Brooks rolled his eyes, had to stop, collect himself, and then apologize because this dude's such a fuck <laughs> behind me. <laughs> I, there we go. Got to bleep that. Yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't but say I, the C word on the yeah. show. I love it. Let it I, I love that somebody is just as angry with this guy as I am. So if there was a feud outside of this sport that I would care less about, maybe somebody in tennis, possibly. <laughs> but again, the, but like if you look back at tennis, like McEnroe and his feuds, McEnroe those were pretty awesome, Connors right? Like, was great. Right. So that shit was great. Bowling. I have a bowling uh, feud would be bad. Thank you, Phil. I would care less about a bowling feud. Well, I guess you guys didn't have time on Saturday afternoon to watch the college spike ball championship on ESPN news the way that I did, because that would be a pretty terrible feud. But um, with that, fellas, why don't we close out this segment, go ahead and take our final break, and then we'll head off the field. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Everyone loves day drinking. Am I right? Nothing better before, during, and after a game than a few beers. But what if your few beers turn into 15? If you're an average Joe, it's probably no problem. But what if you are an international podcast guest superstar? Are you worried those few beers might impact your podcast performance that night? Then you need the Berkalyzer, the only breathalyzer designed specifically for podcasters. While normal breathalyzers measure irrelevant, subjective factors like blood alcohol content, the Berkalyzer cuts to the chase and gives you real-time data 
about how your beers are impacting your hot takes, the length of your stories, and those perfectly timed F-bombs that show your edge. With the Berkalyzer, you never need to worry about being too sober or too drunk before you take the mic. Drink up and pod with the confidence that only the Berkalyzer guarantees. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll go off the field. And just for anybody who's listening, I would like to make a record that all of us finished our 40s before we got to this segment. So just please bear with us. <laughs> Last week, the Counting Crows released a new album called Butter Miracle Sweet One. The only good thing about that title is that it implies that there might be a sweet two. Stat line for the Counting Crows, the band was formed in 1991. Their first album was released in 1993. Everybody knows that it's August and everything after. It sold 7 million copies. The Crows have won two Grammys and were nominated for an Oscar for Accidentally in Love from the Shrek 2 soundtrack. I believe the category they were nominated in was Best Good Band That Sold Out and Wrote a Terrible Song for a Movie. <laughs> <laughs> they lost to Aerosmith category. that year. What? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, the Crows have sold more than 20 million albums. And Chuck, by my count, you and I have seen the Crows together at least three times. That's true. At least. At least three, maybe more. What do you think of the new album? I like it a lot. Uh, it's always nice to hear new crows, new, new crows, not crows covering something right over and over or a live album. Uh, the thing I found funny about it was listening to it and reading about it. And they're saying it's just supposed to flow together one song into the next. It's, it's not ending. It's really cool because right. it, it, it does. It absolutely it's supposed does. To. I don't know what platform you listen to it on. I listen to it on Spotify and I'm like, well, this doesn't sound like it flows together. So a couple days after that, Duritz came out and said, well, shit, we posted it wrong. So it isn't in the right sequential order. And then they were, they, they did it and, and it sounds great. I, I'm a huge fan of them forever and ever and always for a bunch of different reasons. And we have seen them together three times. And I called you when they were in Erie and held up the phone for a good 25 yes. minutes, uh, which yeah, might have been the I best remember. I've ever seen them. So New Crows is always great for me. And like you're saying, hopefully there is a part two, which I assume there will be. Uh, the only complaint I have is this thing's like 20 some minutes yeah. and I would like it to be 40 some minutes or an hour. It would make me a lot happier. I noticed the difference between the way they posted it because I've right. listened to it the last few days and the songs run right into each other and it's really good. I really like it because I feel like every song sounds like it belongs on a different album. And, and so there's a song that sounds like it belongs on August and everything after there's a song that it sounds like it belongs on recovering the satellites. I think it's really cool. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I wish that there had been more of it, but hopefully there'll be a sweet two. Tommy, Phil, did either of you guys listen to the new album? I did three times. Um, All right. I love it. I, I think it's great. Cool. I, I, I listened to it once when they in initially released it and then twice after they re-released it. And it's, it is better. I, I liked it the first time though. I'm not right. gonna lie. Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. it was elevator boots is a great song. I mean, I've been playing that song ever since they leaked it right i mean yep. it, it that's a great song but the i like that's it. the I, that's the august and everything after song yeah right? sure, that's the sure. one that sounds like it, it comes from that album it sounds almost historic 
for that band. Right. I agree with you guys. Like it was, it was really good, but you felt like you were getting like half an album. Like, oh my gosh, like where's the other, where's the other 22 or 30 minutes? And and hopefully that's coming. Tommy, how about you? Have you had a chance to listen to it yet? Uh, not the whole album. I listened to that song that you guys it's sent four out. Songs. <laughs> well, no, the elevator boots. I, I only heard the one just song. Just watching so much NBA basketball. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'm too, I'm too busy. Too busy keeping up on my NBA knowledge. No, I listened to that one song that you guys you guys all sent it out. Uh, I believe uh, in in text or something like that, and it did seem like classic Crows, which was uh, very cool. So I, you know, I haven't heard you know a lot of it, but it was actually somewhat uh surprising or actually it was a, it was a good thing because we did see them at blossom, at blossom. blossom. We, were, we were all there together thank you yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. uh saw them at blossom and live actually outperformed them at that at that concert yeah they didn't sound very good they sounded bad so, that night. yeah so yeah, it's, sure. it's it's nice that they uh you know that they're coming out with some new stuff and uh hopefully they they build off that so tom do you have a favorite counting crow song Yes, it's it's right up my alley. It's uh, colorblind is actually my favorite song. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's amazing. Phil, how about you? Favorite Counting Crows song? You know, I don't have one favorite. I, I love their, um, this is going against what Chuck was just saying, like one of their, I, way back when, one of their live albums, um, you guys are better, bigger fans than me. Uh, it, it had the, uh, what was the song where they they paved over something and put up a parking lot, right? Like the, the uh Big yellow taxi. Yeah. Yellow taxi. Yellow, but, but, he, yeah. but, but they, they did a, but they did a live album, maybe three or four albums into their career that I have it still the cover of the album had a bunch of like falling leaves on it and, and things like that. It was, well, that's the, I think that's the greatest, that's the greatest hits. hits. Yeah. yeah. That's the greatest. Well, hits whatever it was like, and there was a lot of live music on like that front to back was a great listen. And like, I, I love it. Like to this day, like that's just still a great really album. Good. Yeah. So my all-time favorite Crows song is Einstein on the Beach. Really? It is. Man. I that's love awesome. That song. It's a great song. Yeah, I love that song. song. But Chucky, you're not getting off nearly this easy because I know <laughs> oh, that you are great. a huge fan. So wonderful. Chuck, your favorite Crows song that is an obscure one. So no Rain King, Omaha, Long December, Round Here, nothing like that. Something right. deep into the tracks of the Counting Crows that you think is... Uh, a good one or a one that you love or one that you right you know, mr jones you think is the best <laughs> <laughs> nobody's so, ever uh, heard of it <laughs> man uh I've, I've had these kind of conversations mm. before when when somebody asks what's your favorite county crow song I, I have always said it's changed it's always yeah. changed from where i'm at in my life but when you're talking about a album cut uh it always is one of two and they're both on this desert life it is either high life or speedway okay uh, the older i get the more those songs make sense to me maybe i i, I kind of i didn't blow by them when they came out but uh it just is they're both phenomenal songs uh that i wish would have got a bigger audience you know like i wish those would have been a single uh on that album but either high life or speedway i constantly go back to that album just to listen to those not to the singles off that album I would say my my favorite like deep track is Carriage. It's an off of Hard song. Candy. Yeah. I love that it has like those really slow sad trumpet parts um that I think sound fantastic and you, you hear that you hear the trumpet a little bit more in their later stuff, not as much in their earlier stuff, but I, I love it so much. Um it's also just a sad as fuck song. Yeah. It's right in the crow's wheelhouse, they're, man. They're Nobody does yeah. emo cry baby shit better <laughs> than the crows. 
and, and mm-hmm. so that's that's my favorite one but check out butter miracle sweet one it's a good album it's good to hear new stuff from the crows man and um we have a lot of history in our group with the crows man so it's always there's a little bit of that nostalgia that comes with a new album too moving on gentlemen last week we talked a little bit and tried to do our best to help open movie theaters by generating some buzz for hollywood i would like to do our second in a series for reopening america as we try to get people out now that the covid pandemic hopefully is in the rearview mirror last week esquire came out with a list of its best bars in america and some of these were in cities that we visited uh, on our trips some of them are just cities that um, we've been around in our lives and so i'd like to hit some of those highlights and, and see what you guys think about them so first in baltimore is the ministry of brewing this is a church that was transformed into a brewery so it's a lot like the place that we went in pittsburgh when we were there for our trip uh, the ministry of brewing in baltimore is known for its 9.9 problems which is a 9.9 ABV stout. So Tommy, you walk into the Ministry of Brewing in Baltimore, you belly up to the bar. Are you going with the 754 California IPA named because the large clock in the brewery has been stuck at 754 since they opened? Like in Back to the Future? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or are you going to take it easy with the Lady Day... American pale ale, uh, whatever the strong one, I'm going with the IPA that's stronger because I'm in Baltimore and I'm wishing I'm getting the hell out of Baltimore. That is the worst city I've ever been in my life. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. and as great Did not as see that uh, coming. Yeah. And as great as that brewery might be the fact that I've now found myself in Baltimore and I'm sitting at this bar belly up, as you say to the, uh, the bar. I'm going to drink as much as possible to uh, forget the fact that I'm in Baltimore. So, Tom, do you think you'd go to church more if all churches were also breweries? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think Phil would, too. And he doesn't, you know, he's not necessarily uh, the greatest whoa, church. Whoa, 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 Easy. whoa. Easy. Catholic, Catholic I, on Catholic. Assault. I am. Oh, no, I don't. I don't consider myself a Catholic anymore, but I am. Jewish. I, I, I love all my fellow Christians and Jews and Muslims, but the, I am the group's chaplain. I'm, I'm yeah, you're chaplain. the chaplain. I am yeah. the yeah. chaplain. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. welcome to the church of Danko. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you put together the best prayers. You're yeah, outstanding. I, yeah. So Danko. Yeah. <laughs> for you, my friend in mm-hmm. Dayton, Ohio, a bar made Esquire's list. It's called tender mercy. And in the Esquire article, it was described as, an ambitious oasis in the nowhere land of southwestern Ohio. Do you think that's a fair description of southwestern Ohio? Nowhere land? Yeah. I, you know what? I don't think it's that fair. I, I, I've been to some nowhere lands, like in between, like you're driving between Indianapolis and St. Louis. There's a lot of nowhere land, right? But I can understand southwest Ohio. I'll even throw Cincinnati in there. It, 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 it's, it's not a great place <laughs> in relative <laughs> relative Boy, to other places i really felt you'd go a different way with that i love so Dayton. anyway i love i love yeah i love the university like a, of Dayton, a, and i love Dayton, but i it, it's an unfair assault on dayton is how i read it yeah it, dayton is a it's a little city that could for sure right it is it is 
Southwest Ohio's version of Akron is what it is. Okay, boy, nobody's putting that on a flyer. Yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure that's. I'm just that's saying, a promotion like for it. But right. So anyway, you. It's not a destination. <laughs> this is a guy that never goes out of his house not wearing Dayton stuff. But all right. Okay. <laughs> it's so, Danko, you walk into Tender Mercy, mm-hmm. and you see the author of this article. And you thrash him a little bit for calling Dayton Nowhere Land. Okay. And then you sit down at the bar. Mm-hmm. Are you ordering the lion's tail, which is bourbon, lime, allspice dram, egg white, and bitters, or the TM vaccine, gunpowder, green tea, Jameson, Gifford, Prem, Depeche, housemade citrus soda, and exploding peach boba? Uh, the what lion's that? tail for sure. Uh, you had me at lions for obvious reasons. And, yep. and I would order the lion's tail because I, I, I feel like, uh, it's always safer to order a drink that, that may or may not explode. <laughs> <laughs> See, what the hell is that other drink? <laughs> I, I, I bet you there are people who know what exploding peach boba is, but I definitely guarantee it's not us. All right. So that's good. There was gunpowder gun in that drink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's Tender Mercy in Dayton. Chucky, Nashville, Tennessee, site of one of our trips. I don't think you were with us on I was that not. No. no, I was not. So there's a bar there called White Limousine. The cocktail menu at White Limousine includes frozen Aperol spritz and champagne jello shots topped with pop rocks. But you're going to want to check out White Limousine because it's named after Dolly Parton's 20th solo album. Dolly had a boy getting her in there. (laughs) So you and Whitney are on a little weekend vacation down in Nashville. Mm -hmm. You're enjoying a lazy afternoon at the white limousine. Are you going with lesson in romantics, which is described as cooling (laughs) cucumber mix with pineapple and spice. And its ingredients include rum, cucumber, lime, hellfire bitters, and soda, or Are you going with the Velvet Tuxedo, described as a milk punch grooves to Elvis in the penthouse suite? And the Velvet Tuxedo is made of Rittenhouse rye, toasted almond chai, orange curacao, and lime. They both sound absolutely (laughs) awful. (laughs) You got to pick one. I know. I'm sure what most of that is. First off, I'm honored to be in the place named after Dolly's 20th solo album because she is a saint among this pod. God bless her forever and ever. Uh, I would probably have to look at my wife and say, hey, babe, like, which one are you more into? And go there because I think at that point, after a few of whatever one she's picking, I'm putting on the freshman at least twice <laughs> that's all it's gonna take buddy oh, that's it. yeah <laughs> no, that's they don't have night. any malt liquor though after tonight's pod i am all in on malt liquor again they don't yes. they don't so danko tell me in your entire life what's your favorite bar what's the best bar you've ever hung out at oh my god that is a ridiculous question to just yeah. spring on someone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with such yeah. a long track record of welcome to welcome to my welcome show. to unprepared <laughs> yeah geez i would say this it is time frame dependent mm-hmm. you know so it's not like you know i think the easy answer is any place where all of us are sure but at, at certain times in your life we weren't around 
and you might have had a spot that you just love going to and love having a good time. All right. So along those lines, it, one popped in my head. There, there was this was in my college years at, at University of Dayton, and there were your there were your bars that were clubs, there were your bars that were chains, right, and and everything in between. But there was a bar just a little bit off campus called the Field House, and the reason. I'll give you a couple reasons. The reason I liked hanging out at that bar more than other bars was it wasn't a club. There were a ton of tables. There were a ton of booths. There was a, it was like a cheers like bar where it was like a square bar. So you could sit all the way around it. Right. So you could really go up and belly at the bar, belly up to the bar or sit in a, in a booth with your friends and just bullshit all night long. So it was a great bar. Some of you guys know my good buddy, George, who is a friend of the pod. And uh, he and I used to go to that bar and close it down on random, yeah. just Tuesdays. That's and fantastic. Wednesdays. And this bar was known for their fish bowls on the weekends. And a fish bowl was pouring a bunch of liquor into a fish bowl and then coloring it either blue or red. And you got a bunch of straws and everyone got wasted. And that was all well and good, except we would go to the bar on an off night, sit at the bar, there was an old school jukebox in there. We'd play music we wanted to listen to and we'd bell up to the bar. The bar was carpeted. It was carpeted. Oh man. Yeah. So <laughs> that's <the> best, awful. <laughs> my best memory of that bar. Yeah. Terrible idea. My best memory of that bar is George and I were there so many times together that they would vacuum around us sitting <laughs> at the bar store uh, as they were closing uh, up. So I'm, I'm going to be in the field house. I thought yeah. you were going to say fantastic. pissed on the carpet. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that would have been oh, even stay, better. Hey, keep it, keep it classy, San Diego. <laughs> so, Tommy, best bar. I am going to go Quinn's, which is now boarded up <laughs> at uh, Cedar and Lee when Chucky was bartending. Uh, Those were good outstanding. Um, Chucky was bartending and there was one night too, where, uh, him and I actually just hung out him and I hanging out till like, I think it might've been like four or five in the morning, probably. And we were just having beers and just bullshitting together. There was probably rats running around us, but you know, <laughs> uh, not a big deal. Uh, we just sat there and bullshitted for a long time and just had bunch of beers and you know eventually went home but uh it was it was a great time obviously and you know chuck bartending is always good because you know it gets pretty cheap um <laughs> but uh you know and in college you, you have limited funds i just i still remember being there it, that night just uh that one night just you know lights are turned off we're just kind of chilling and uh it was it was a good time chucky tommy took yours you can't go quins yeah. what are you going with it's probably it, it doesn't exist anymore. It was it, here in Erie. It's a place called Sherlock's Park Place. And some of you guys have probably been there on your trips here. But it was a place that felt comfortable. Uh, every time I walked in there, if I would have went by myself, there were people there who I know. It didn't matter if it was a Tuesday night or a Saturday night. Didn't matter. And kind of like Phil said, on one side, they had a jukebox. We owned that thing every happy hour on a Friday. But on the other side, there was live bands, and I saw a lot of really great live music. Uh, and it got so comfortable that <laughs> there were times where the people who were bartending were like, hey, I have, to, I have to go to the bathroom or I need a cigarette. Do you mind bartending? And I would say no, and I'd jump behind the bar, which led to me actually bartending there on certain nights for fun. Doesn't that sound yeah. weird? Yeah. Yeah, like no, for not at all. Yeah, not like, at all. It, sounds and it, was, it, was, it was a blast. Uh, <laughs> it, and it, was, it reminds me, I, I, I made a lot of friends in my life that remind me of the friends I have for life. And there's a difference, but it always happened there. We would hang out there. Doors would close. There were times I walked out of there and the sun was up. So that might, <laughs> that might've been style. I like it. Yeah. It, it, that might, that's probably my favorite, just because you walked in 
and you felt comfortable in a lot of bars you walk into now you don't feel that way like right. it's not like homey anymore yeah. Yeah. i don't think it's weird at all to have a bartending job for fun i mean i when no. i moved when i moved to michigan i got a job bartending at a little bar in a grocery store and i did it in addition to practicing law because right. it, um my, my favorite spot is still cj's at miami university it is a dive it is a dump it is a horrible place and it was 21 and over when i was there and so for the years that i was underage you had to hope that they had left the back door open to the downstairs and nobody was sitting there so you could like walk in and you'd be okay and for the first three years i was at miami i'm not sure there was a girl ever in that bar and so it was just like the place you went with your buddies to just get hammered and that was fantastic and then our senior year somehow it got popular and all of a sudden it was packed every night and all of a sudden it was a place to be not too long ago uh, my wife and i were taking a road trip and she had never been to miami before we we stopped there you know i drove around campus a little bit and all that bullshit but the one place we had to stop and we had to go in was cj's man cj's was a great bar uh, I really enjoyed those stories, and, and thank you guys for for sharing. But we are out of time. I'm out of questions. Uh, as you know, this episode is going to release on Memorial Day, which is a great day for barbecuing, hanging out, and hopefully for us, nursing 40s hangovers. But it's also a day to remember those who gave that last full measure of devotion. So please take a moment to pour some out for all the men and women who sacrificed their lives and take a moment uh, to remember the families that lost somebody dear to them in service to our country. Uh, after that, have a great day. Have a great week. And fellas, let's do this again real soon sometime. Absolutely. With That's 40s. Great. Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, with 40s for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to start these? Uh, Are we opening them up now? Let's do it. I want to see how quickly my little cold sensor turns to warm. Wow. <laughs> the, mo the moment this thing popped, uh, just a smell came <laughs> flying out. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, this is good. It's as good as I remember. Cheers, Tommy. Cheers, oh, Tommy. God, once it hits the lips, so good. Oh, that's delicious. That's you know awful. what? That's not that bad. Yeah, it's not awful. It's not bad now. It's when really it's not cold. that bad. So the right. key is we have to drink this fast. Yeah, <laughs> I can't drink stuff warm. Tammy asked me if we had to drink the whole liquor. thing. Do you, do you have to drink the whole thing? I'm like, I don't know. I guess so. We never really talked about it. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. Nobody well, can see my arms as I pour it out next to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll clean up the mess. I don't yeah. mind. Look It'll how much I drank. It. It's gone. <laughs> Holy crap. I got I to tell you, man, this isn't too bad when it's ice cold. Yeah. Hey, my cold symbol is white now. And I just but realized there's, but the there's bullshit no of the cold symbol. Right. Oh, yeah, there's no, there's too? They need to put no, it down here. Too. They need to put yeah, it down yeah. here. They Why put is it, it up, here? up here? So right. in 25 yeah. minutes of yeah. drinking a 40, it tells you how awesomely yeah. cold yeah. it is. Great. But later, yeah. later yeah. down here, when it's the the right. temperature of urine, <laughs> there's, right. no, there's no symbol. There's no symbol this for is that. actually still. So we're roughly 30 minutes into our 40s. And I got to tell you something. This is still going down really smooth, and I'm having yes. a really yes. great time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs>
almost, <laughs> yeah. I'm almost finished. I don't even have that much left. Yeah. Yeah. I am plowed right now. <laughs> I, I and I am another, going to the restroom. I, I need to go to the bathroom and get yes, another drink. I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I need to get another drink. Well, that's oh. what the breaks are for. Get oh. your shit together. I'm finishing this right now. I should have bought two of these. <laughs> I still got a while to go, man. This Catch was up. way better than I thought it would be, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was even all more. in all, the 40s yeah. have been like, I could do this again tomorrow. I don't know what this <laughs> says about us, but I, um, I drank this 40 much faster than I ever did in my twenties. True. Uh, because I've probably just gotten used to alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, maybe the glass was holding us back. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe. Yeah, is that is, you got a bigger opening than I've got. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, like, and it's light. It's really light. It is. <laughs> yeah. This is wonderful. Yeah. I've got like, I've got like tension in my arm here. I'm, it's, it's, yeah. It hurts. Maybe that was it. The, the overuse <laughs> injury. We will uh, <laughs> liquor in your in arm. Like that that was Ugh. that wasn't even warm at the end of it, which is amazing. Yeah, mine's still not. Mine's mine's so good. All right, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and then I'm, I'm gonna get another drink. I'm gonna get another beer, a real yeah. beer, I think. Fuck else do we have to do? I'm scared if I get up though. And I, I'll make this quick, but I could share a story that happened to me that was almost like that. So in college. When we're working out for baseball, Albert Bell is a free agent. So he is working out with us, with his personal trainer. And don't look at him. Don't talk to him. Don't. Okay, cool. So there's one guy on our team who's that dude and goes, hey, after we work <laughs> out, we're going to run basketball. Do you want to play? And Albert Bell says, absolutely. So I am on the team opposite of Albert Bell. And I decide <laughs> oh, it's going man. to be a great idea he is driving the lane that I am going to step in front of him. Oh, you're going to take the charge. I love it. Yeah, I was going to fundamentals take the first check. Yeah. So it. I, I plant, I take it. And Albert Bell literally jumps over me to dunk. And I was like, great. He knocked me out of my ass. And then he, he looked down, smiled and picked me up and helped me out. So I was like, all right, cool. So when I see Miles Garrett, who's probably twice the size of Albert Bell in real yeah. life, doesn't bother me at all. You sure you're ready? One take? Sure. Sure. Okay. One fucking take, Tammy. I know. One take is it. I had a I had a little thought on the way to the grocery store. <laughs> like there is there is the dude who runs the Indians. <laughs> Wait, don't say it. His name is and I don't know, like it's it's Tito Tentero. It's like Tito Friend Frantino. Tito Keep going. Tito You're getting so close. <laughs> It is Tito, right? Tito. Tito is his nickname, yeah. See, maybe that's where I'm getting to because it's like Tito Frank Tersic or Tito Tenterio Frank. His his first name is actually Terry. 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 No, no Tito. If it's Terry, is Terry for Tito? Tito is because of the Tito is because of Terry. Okay, so then it's like Terry Francisco. Francona, really ah! close. Really close. I said that one. Really I said that close. one. Really, really close. Well done. My uh, my dad took us to a 
a WWE event at the Richfield Coliseum. Hell yeah. And it wasn't like one of the great <laughs> ones. Like I, I, I feel like, um, Chucky, was there a guy who was like the honky tonk man? Yeah. There oh, was yeah. the honky tonk yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. That guy he, he was like the ultimate warrior. warrior. <laughs> he he might have been like the intercontinental champion. Yep, you are that was, so right right now. That was you the, are absolutely uh, true. That was the big fight of the night. And I like, man, um, my old man was not a guy who had the ability to pay like big money for tickets for anything, you know? But uh, somehow he got a deal that we were in like the eighth row. I mean, we were right down. We we were under the 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 ring, you know, like yeah. we, we were yeah. looking yeah. up at yeah. the ring. Um, and uh, junkyard dog was there. That's nice. Um, nice. Uh, my poor old man had to think that was the dumbest shit the he had dumbest ever. Shit ever. <laughs> and my brother and I like. Uh, <laughs> We, we like it was like a dream. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You didn't use you.